statues memorialized video. Yeah. I may do it now, man. I don't know. Depend on the flow and where we're going. Yeah. But yeah, hey, everybody, as you can see, I like to play around with my backgrounds now. Like, I, I would have done it sooner, but the application I'm using, Rishreen, it changed it to where you have to use a green background. I didn't get one till Christmas, thanks to my fiance, mm -hmm. Maya Alexis Evans. Thanks, back. But anyways, um, yeah, you so gotta this, switch up the background. It makes things more interesting. I like right. it. So this is Kobe Bryant right here, my favorite basketball player of all time. And this is supposed to be his daughter, Gigi Bryant. Um, as you guys know, uh, they passed away in a helicopter crash. Mm. I think it was 2020, actually. 2021. Oh, was his oh, was that his daughter? Yeah. I knew the little girl died in the helicopter crash. I didn't realize it was his daughter, though. Gosh, yeah. it's heartbreaking. Yeah, and like when it happened. I had uh, my closest friends and my siblings reach out to me, like through text. I was bowling with uh, Maya, actually, my fiance. Um, and everybody was blowing up my phone saying, Hey, you hear what happened? Are you okay? Like, mm, <laughs> no. checking up on me. I was like, What are you talking about? And as soon as everybody was, you know, reaching out to me, asking if I was okay, I looked up. I saw a lot of the news that Kobe and Gigi got in the, well, Kobe got in the helicopter crash. I was like, What? And so, yeah, man, like, honestly, I've been through everything with Kobe. So, like, since he came in the NBA, he was my – I haven't even said it on my YouTube channel yet. Like, when I was six years old, I had a Kobe Bryant jersey. I should totally show the photo. I'm going to get it in a minute. You guys give me a second. I had a Kobe Bryant jersey I wore when I was six. So, that's that's around, like, the time he got in the league in 1996. And then also – um yeah, I always talk about, like, I watched all his games I could watch because, you know, back in that time, Lakers were on TV a lot. So mm -hmm. I watched all the games I could possibly watch. And that means I stayed up late, guys. Like, I had school the next day. And on TNT, they played games Tuesdays and Thursdays. And most of the time, it was Lakers playing, especially from, like, 2008 to 2010. And I was getting my feel of Kobe, man. Like, so I stayed <laughs> up late watching Kobe playing and watching – uh, you know, inside the NBA, that's my favorite show with, you know, Ernie Johnson, Kenny Smith, Charles Barkley, and Shaq, and Shaquille O'Neal. But before it was just Kenny and Ernie, and then they had, like, Magic Johnson, Chris Webber. They changed it up. But, uh, you know, Shaq retired. Obviously, you need Shaq. And then you got to have Charles Barkley. So, like, it was, Charles was there, too. Yeah. So, yeah, man, like, I went through everything with Kobe. So when he got through that car, that uh, helicopter wreck, I was I was hoping her his daughter wasn't with him. Because I knew that they traveled together for the AAU games because he was their bas he was her you know his daughter's basketball coach in AAU. Um because I really wanted to see her play basketball like in the WNBA. Because I know she has the same mindset as her father. You know, Kobe is definitely like he got the mamba mentality, that's what it's called. So it's just the black mamba, man. Like he's he's cutthroat. He's gonna try to kill you on the basketball court. He ain't gonna show no mercy, he ain't gonna let up. He's going to do whatever it takes to embarrass you and show you that he's the man. Like, he's the greatest. He's the best. That's what his whole point was, his whole MO when he played. And they said that Gigi was the same way. So I really, really, really – if I wasn't going to get Kobe playing no more, I was I was going to watch WNBA basketball. And I never – I've never seen it, like, really. Maybe Candace Parker. I watched her a little bit, but I never – I would actually watch Gigi play. So, yeah, yeah but now yeah, she has to play. Yeah, it's a shame we never got to see her play then. Yeah, so now I'm definitely not gonna watch no WNBA basketball. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
have some fans on the channel. Right. <laughs> oh, they're yeah. gone. I'm sure they agree. They want to see Gigi play. I want to see her play, man. But anyways, um, what was I talking about? Yeah. So this is what the, this video ties in with, you know, statues and memorializing things, com commemorating. I think that's the word. Yeah. Yeah. Commemorate things. Immortalizing. So, what did you say? Immortalize. Immortalize. So that's what this video is tied in with. So this actually ties in with a few videos we had just done before. But anyways, welcome back to my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads. Thanks for tuning in. If you're tuning in for the first time, you got to make sure you check out my other social media pages and also just subscribe to my YouTube channel, Upper Pass Crossroads. I'm also on any podcast platform you can think of, Apple Podcasts, Google Chromecast, Spotify, any of them you can think of. <coughs> and then also make sure to uh, <coughs> support Justin's YouTube channel, Chaplain's Logs, as, as well. But like I always say, me and Justin, we do a lot of videos together. We got a lot of playlists. Justin, we're about to hit 100 videos, man. We got to do something special. Oh, right. oh man. Yeah. yeah. Plan something good for 100. I really hope we're not on it. Like, let me go down to our videos. So, yeah, we got to be around 90, 90. I'm going with 93 to 95. So, yeah, for 100, man, we got to figure out something. But, anyways, guys, uh, yeah, so on my YouTube channel, I got a lot of playlists on Upload Pass Crossroads. So, if you want to see all the videos me and Justin do the, done together, all you got to do is go to our podcast, that section. You see all the podcasts I do with everybody on my YouTube channel. And, but I always do. I've done more videos with Justin than anybody. All right. And then also, uh, there's this book you got to check out. So I had to read this book for seminary school. So for seminary school, I got a playlist for that. I got a playlist for book reviews and book breakdowns. That's what we're about to do right now. And the book is this book right here. That's another playlist. You know, the Old Testament for a Complex World is by Cameron B.R. Howard, right? How the Bible's dynamic tes <laughs> testimony points to new life for the church, right? So you got to check out this book, man. Oh, yeah. It's so good. Yeah. And so, Justin, I'll let you summarize it, man. Tell, tell them about the book, man. You do oh, it, Oh, sure. Man. Yeah. Uh, it's not a very long book, too. So you think it would be easy to summarize, but she brings up so many great points. Like the author, Cameron, is basically talking about our flawed view of, like, the Old Testament. Because sometimes we'll visualize the Old Testament as like something ancient or like everything that happened in the Old Testament happened at the same time or same period. But it spans for like centuries. So like we shouldn't come to it with the same approach. Um, and that's kind of, and it just kind of show, she points out like ways that we should be um, not criticizing, but like critically analyzing, I think is the way she phrases it on, oh, uh, what is the context of the Old Testament? What can we learn? And most importantly, how can we superimpose that into like modern times? How does that apply to modern times? And I think that's what we're trying to go into this video as well is like a lot of things from the Old Testament, especially the Ten Commandments are immortalized. It's just like they were written in stone for a reason because like they've endured the test of time. So that's kind of what we're, Sean and I are going to go into today. today is like, how does that affect our view of the Ten Commandments or things from the Old Testament? Yeah, yeah. So as you guys can see, we got a treat for you guys today, man. It's about to be crazy, right? So you just make sure to tell your friends about this channel, our channel's Chaplain's Logs, <laughs> and then upload past crossroads and what we do here. So we're about to break down this book, man. So the book again is uh, the Old Testament for a Complex World 
Uh, the Bible's dynamic testimony points to new life for the church by Karen B.R. Howard. That's a woman, by the way. And so the table of contents, like Justin said, it's a short book. <coughs> it's really just five sections. You know, the Bible's dynamic testimony, the, the Bible's <coughs> dynamic witness. That's what we're focusing in on for today's video, right? So chapter one, we're, we did other videos on chapter two. So make sure to yeah. again, go to my YouTube channel, Upper Pass Crossroads. You can see the other videos we did just going to the book, you know, the, Bible, the Old Testament for Accomplished World by Cameron B.R. Howard. All right. So let's go ahead and get into it. So, uh, yeah, so some things, <coughs> yeah, I, I got to read my slides to figure out where I'm going. So I'm just going to show you guys. So like some yeah. titles, I was going to title this video and I'm probably going to do multiple videos just on this alone. Uh, some things and titles I was going to title it was, you know, the significance of the Ten Commandments written, well, you know, why the Bible was written in stone specifically. That That's powerful, right? You know, Another title, which I titled it for this video, is, you know, the Bible's being memorialized and then also com commemorated forever. So obviously the Bible's the Bible was commemorated forever. Right. It's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. Right. And so this is how, you know, the Ten Commandments are powerful and the Bible in general is powerful. Right. So the significance of the Ten Commandments. So what are the Ten Commandments? You know, thou shalt not have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any great an image, you know, that's on that covet, that's not bear false witness, that's on that steal, that's on that commit adultery, that's on that kill, kill. Honor thy mother and father, remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy, and that's on that take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. So those are the Ten Commandments. And so what does memorialize mean? It means to preserve the memory or commemorate something, right? So I'm about to read some excerpts from the book, you know, the Old Testament for a Complex World by Cameron B.R. Howard. Right. And we're going to see where she's going at with uh, her book when it talks about uh, the Ten Commandments. Right. And so that's what we're going to talk about for today's video. So. All right. So let's get to it. So on page 12 of chapter one, you know, the Bible's dynamic witness. Uh, that's what the chapter one is titled. All right. So it reads inscribing the, the <coughs> inscribing the commandments <coughs> on stone necessarily asserts one interpretive tradition over the other even as it obscures the amb ambiguity present within the biblical text itself right i'm gonna keep on reading page 13. Yeah. let me oh. read some drink some tea yeah go ahead yeah i already <laughs> drunk all this so i'm gonna try some water so moving on the ten commandments being written on stone shows the certainty of scripture a summary of the bible its history what it's all about etc so granite renderings of the Ten Commandments imply that the Bible is a static, steady, immovable text written in stone, presented with clarity and certainty. So this is from chapter chapter one, Bible's Dan Dynamic Witness. Yeah, I'm going to keep on reading. Uh, oh, no, that's the Bible verses. Let's see what else I got. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to read this one, too. You want to read that one? Yeah, I can read this one. So don't limit Bible to only Ten Commandments. Even all the singular language we use to talk about the Bible, like the Bible, the word singular of God, scripture as a singular, if also collective noun, can direct our attention away from the remar remarkable diversity of texts, values, possibilities, and proposals contained within it. Is there a next slide to that? Yeah. So we must accept the whole Bible, not only parts. 
So that is not to say that these ways of describing the Bible are inaccurate or ill-advised. On the contrary, reading the Bible in its canonical wholeness is a key part of Christian interpretive tradition. Nevertheless, the language shapes and reinforces how we think. So there is a risk of only accepting parts of the Bible. The more we can emphasize the singularity of the Bible without acknowledging and affirming the multiplicity within it, the more we risk overlooking elements of scripture that can broaden and deepen our knowledge of God. So not on, again, not only Ten Commandments. Biblical law itself also contains far more than just the Decalogue. Rabbinic, uh, rabbinic tradition holds that there are 613 commandments in the Torah, not just 10. I think it's good to emphasize that, I'm not sure if there are more slides, and it's emphasized that, yeah, the, each chapter of the Bible has been written by different people across like several centuries. And I think, um, I'm not, yeah, I think I said it during this video already. We tend to see the Old Testament as like, um, as like the, as one ancient text, which limits it a lot. Um, you can almost think of it as a family dynamic. Like you can see, like uh, Sean talks about his family, uh, whether it's his born into family with his dad as a pastor or his uh, chosen family with Maya coming up soon. Like you, it has like that dynamic. You can see Sean as an individual. You see like his aspirations. You see uh, the platforms for his uh, um, evangel evangelism going on. Um, but you also... Like it wouldn't be complete without knowing his history with his dad. Like he's talked about his dad and like how he's affected him. Like in many of these videos, you see um, his aspirations evolve and change because of his like fiance, uh, Maya. So it's the same with the Bible. You, we do need to, we can't look at it as just like one whole book or one whole chapter. Like, I'm not going to limit Sean to just his family. Um, like, but at the same time, we have to accept it as a whole as well because it paints a bigger picture. Uh, because you see the whole history of like um, God's people, God's promises, like God's covenants throughout the whole Old um, Testament. Like, what happens if we just started reading Genesis and then you stop after the fall, um, after chapter three? Like, like that would be like the most depressing message ever. But we we take it as a whole, but also realize that it's several moving parts together. Like, it's a machine that if it's missing a cog, like none of the gears would be moving. Each cog has its place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So one of the things that I was going to say, just from the excerpts we read in the book, so this is one of my favorite parts of the whole entire book, right? So the Old Testament for a Complex World by Karen B.R. Howard. So this section touched me on so many levels, right? Because, you know, I like sports a lot. I think that's obvious if you watch a lot of my videos. I reference mm -hmm. sports a lot, right? And then not, nobody touched me as much as Kobe Bean Bryant. Michael Jordan, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, 
And even when it was Kobe and Shaq, like that was the best time ever, right? So like, if you look, if you're big on sports, you know this fact right here. So like, you go to any sports arena. Oh yeah. Not any, only the best of the best, right? <laughs> so at any sports arena, you should be able to see statues around the arena of like people who played at that arena, people who played for that franchise that really affected that franchise and really set the bar in the standard of like greatness and excellence and success that this franchise has has never tasted until them really, right? Like they commemorated, memorialized, and what's the word you use doesn't immortalized. Yeah, immortalized and just commemorated these people. These individuals. So, like, I don't think any sports arena has more statues than Staples Center. So, then the Los Angeles Lakers. Mm, this that's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, crypto.com arena. But even then, like, they don't even have everybody. Shaq's hanging up there somewhere on the side, like, actually right here. So, Shaq's right here on the side. His statue was just made like two years ago. So, like, in 2021 or 2022, sometime around there. And now they're about to make a Kobe Bryant statue. So, I can't wait to see what image they're going to use for kobe that's why i got him on the background right here because i mean i can't watch what i'm waiting on kobe to be coming so i'm gonna do another video on that but uh yeah you go to any sports arena you'll see the best of the best like the logo of the nba jerry west like he has a statue at staples center at crypto.com arena now that's what it's called now for the los angeles lakers elgin baylor who played with uh i think he played with jerry west and will chamberlain actually uh yeah he has a statue too um magic johnson has a statue for the lakers as well uh, i got kareem abdul jabbar here too uh right here he's got a statue for the lakers like lakers got so many people it's ridiculous and i don't know why i see oscar de la Hola right here you guys tell me about that if you know anything about that like he's a boxer so and then I, they got somebody else right here too so i'm surprised that they're both right here when it, I thought it was a basketball arena, but I guess they do hockey and boxing and stuff there too. I mean, because what stadium is limited to just basketball now, you know? So, um, yeah. yeah. And then I, obviously you guys see the GOAT, you know, Michael Jordan statue for the Chicago Bulls. I think he's the only statue for Chicago Bulls right now. I don't think they have one for Scotty yet, which is crazy. But, um, yeah, and I got statues of Dirk Nowinski. He's about to get one for the Dallas Mavericks. It'll just be him because Mavericks don't have a history like the Los Angeles Lakers. You know, Barry Sanders, he's the only statue for the Detroit Lions because he's literally the epitome of greatness for the freaking Detroit Lions who, who freaking suck. Like, they always just suck. But now they're in the playoffs and won the first playoff game in, like, 50 years, like, a long time. So they've always sucked. But now they actually got to win. But they got a great coach. So that's why they should never fire the coach they got now. You see what I'm saying? I know too much about sports, man. You got Bill Russell right here. This um, is becoming a sports video, I think. <laughs> right. Charles Barkley, he's one of my favorites ever. Uh, mm. You got Charles Barkley. He was he got a statue for University of Auburn for what he did that's for Auburn. Cool. Jackie Robinson, he has a statue for Los Angeles uh, Dodgers, obviously. You know, you know, what's it called? When, in a integration i guess that's what you want to call it like black people coming to play sports finally you know jackie robinson helped out with that you know carl malone john stocking so john stocking carl malone the only two statues for the utah jazz because the jazz have never been good either except for when they both played so you guys get what i'm saying like 
what are the what's the significance of these statues, man? Why are they immortalized? Why are they remembered? Why are they commemorated? Because it tells a story. It says exactly what the history is of that franchise. Like, let me use I'm gonna use this example again. Like, because I told you I'm a Los Angeles Lakers fan. Like, I mean. I'm a Warriors fan right now because of Steph Curry. Like, I can only watch Steph Curry play play because Steph is the closest thing to Kobe Bryant to me because he's entertaining. He actually, you know, puts on a show every time he plays, just like Kobe. And then they just, it, you know, they influenced me in life to do better, to reach peaks, re, you know, reach heights and peaks and my limits, you know, so, to greatness, just like they did. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're the only two athletes like that for me that I can watch. I can only watch greatness. That's the best way to put it. Like I can't watch anything boring. Like I can't watch LeBron play. I have to only only time I can watch LeBron oh, play really? is the NBA Finals because that's when he comes with it. Like LeBron's ridiculous NBA Finals, but any other time he just be lollygagging. He don't be trying. Like if he wanted, he could score two hundred. I know he can. <laughs> but he don't be trying half the time. So I'm just like, man, I don't want to watch him play. But anyways, like with the Lakers, let's go back. Let's stay on subject. So, like, with the Lakers, no, there's no other organization like the Lakers. Boston Celtics kind of like this, too. But the Lakers, man, they have so much history, so much greatness, so many great players to ever play. I mean, you got Magic Johnson here. You got Elgin Baylor. You got Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You got Shaq hanging up right here on, on the side, like I showed you guys right here. You oh, got, yeah, that one's the coolest one, in my opinion. Right, and I know Kobe's going to be dope. When they make the Kobe statue, it's a debate what they're going to do. But you have to do an MJ fadeaway, like for Kobe. Kobe has the same fadeaway as Michael Jordan, and that's what he's known for. And actually, it would make a good NBA logo. Like, I was kind of sad they didn't change the logo to him. They still got time, but that's what I would do if I was him. But, um, yeah, guys, you get it. So, but anyways, let's go back to the Los Angeles Lakers. So, like, when it comes to the statues, man, like, when you come to these arenas, the statues tell a story of the franchise but it doesn't say the complete story it only says part of the story like but these people play such a huge role in the story that without them the story doesn't make sense that's the ten commandments you see what i'm saying like <laughs> the ten commandments is just a summary it's a snippet it's just something that's commemorated just like kareem abdul-jabbar just like magic johnson just like kobe bean bryant just like elgin baylor just like you know shaquille neal just like michael jordan for chicago bulls just like um i mean jerry west yeah i forgot jerry west he's there too for the los angeles lakers like all these arenas man they got some type of like thing that's immortalized and remember forever and it's for everybody to know like this is it you want to know about the detroit lions you gotta know barry sanders like you have to know Barry Sanders. You can't know the Detroit Lions without Barry Sanders. Just like the Boston Celtics would not be the Boston Celtics without Bill Russell. Bill Russell did not just play. He won 11 rings. He has the most championships at every NBA player ever. 11. That means he gave some of his teammates nine rings, eight rings, which they never talk about really. Only talk about him having 11. And then they barely talk about Bill Russell having 11. Because it was, you know, a different time period in the 60s. So they think, like, the competition wasn't that great because it was only white people playing, really. And he was 7-1 playing against white people that were kind of unathletic and shouldn't be in the NBA. But that's not true because you got somebody like Jerry West. That's the logo. Like, Jerry West was hooping during that time period against Will Chamber. 
you know, with Will Chamberlain as a teammate against Bill Russell in the Celtics that won 11 rings. So, I mean, yeah, it's just different guys. But you guys see what I'm saying? Like, with every single arena, every single franchise, like even the Cleveland Cavaliers, they're about to make a uh, – they're definitely going to have a statue of LeBron James for sure. Even the Miami Heat, they got to have a statue of LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. They are even talking about that, like making a statue of Dwayne Wade. So, like, but like every franchise has a story and they don't have a story without their athletes that play. Same thing with the Ten Commandments, man. Like, Ten Commandments is just a part of the story, but it's not the complete story. Yeah. And you can't just have the Ten Commandments. You have to dig deeper. To figure out like why you know why why we got these commandments you know what the point what, what was it written on it was written on stone right all right so we're gonna talk about that in a minute Justin I want you to talk man you got something or you want me to go ahead and just go where I'm going um uh, yeah some things but I'm, I want you to keep going so I can figure <laughs> out what direction I want going okay so like I'm gonna read page twelve again and then we're gonna talk about actually which one should I read first. I'm going to read this one because this ties in with what I just said. So with this excerpt from the book, um, The Old Testament for a Complex World by Cameron B.R. Howard, uh, she said on page 13, garnet renderings of the Ten Commandments imply that the Bible is a static, steady, immovable text. That's, that's <laughs> Those words are so powerful. It's written in stone. Not written on paper, guys. Not written on a napkin. It's written in stone. It's set in stone. That means something. Presented with clarity and certainty. So, yes, that is very important. All right. So I said, yeah. like, oh, you got something, Justin? Oh, yeah, I was saying, yeah, I do like that. Because what's basically saying, and it's hard to understand some of the language sometimes, but what it's basically saying, it's, it's written in stone to symbolize that these are rules that you can't really bend. Like a lot of times we will justify our actions or justify a sin. But at the end of the day, these are like, these are lines that we're not supposed to cross. Mm -hmm. So like the stone, uh, of course, like nowadays we have like titanium or platinum and all this jazz, but like back then, like you couldn't easily, like you couldn't easily break this apart. It was like strong. It was supposed to be sturdy. So same thing with the rules during a time period where these people were fleeing from the Egyptians and they um, basically had to build their culture from the ground up. Like these were rules or sets not to like limit their freedom, but to base a good society on to like have a good foundation on like you want a foundation that's built on stone not on sand mm. <laughs> yeah you want a solid foundation man like mm. that's something yeah. they used to do back in the olden days they don't do it now i said it i said it sometimes on some videos here especially with justin but like i should totally get a visual but basically they used to make houses the foundation of houses back in olden days used to go all the way to the until they hit the rock of the soil. So mm -hmm. soil goes down real deep. There's like four different layers of soil. And the last soil layer is rock. So underneath the ground, there's rock somewhere. So until they hit the rock, that's when they start hitting the foundation of the house. 
So back in that time period, houses were unmovable during storms and stuff like that. You didn't see houses just rolling away in floods and stuff like that from tornadoes even. Like, because they had such a solid foundation that they were unmovable, steady, a solid foundation, right? And so that's what uh, this Arthur is saying, like, the Ten Commandments was written in stone. It was set in stone. Damn. I wrote right here, you know, the Ten Commandments being written in stone shows certainty, the certainty of scripture. Like it's mm. unmovable. It's static. It's steady. It's it's set in stone. That, that that's that's the key. A summary of the Bible. So the Ten Commandments is a summary of the Bible, it's history, and what's this all about, right? So with certainty and clarity, we can know the history, our history. With certainty and clarity, we can know the direction of life. With certain and clarity, we can lean on God and everything that he said is truth because that's our foundation, right? So you may not know, you know, I speak for black people. You know, as black people, we don't know our history. We don't know where we come from. We're lost, right? We're scattered everywhere on the earth. Where's our home? Who knows? You know what I'm saying? Oh, we know Africa somewhere. We don't know where we came from. We don't know our history. Because in America, our history apparently started slavery. You know, in slavery. That's it. Right? That's all we know. And then they're trying to erase that. So we're really not going to know. But you guys see what I'm saying? Like, there's so much uncertainty. But one thing you can be certain of, you know, when you're a child of God, and you're born again, you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, man. That's your history. That's your story. You can accept it. You can claim it. You can clarify it. You can you can say it with certainty. You don't have to be unwavering in this, right? And so that's what the Ten Commandments does. It gives us certainty in so much confusion and chaos in this world, man. So the Bible is immovable. The Bible is set in stone. The Bible is an immovable text. It can be presented with clarity and certainty. This is what the Bible does. And this is what the Ten Commandments do. Like Ten Commandments ain't something to, something to be you know to shy about or be ashamed of. It's literally just like you know the the statues that we just saw for sports arenas. It's just like the the athletes that were commemorated, you know, for you know the Los Angeles Lakers or the Los Angeles Dodgers or whatever the organization is that has statues. Because not every organization has a statue, and that's powerful. Not every single organization, sports franchise, has a statue because not all of them have a story yet. Not all of them have a history. Not all of them have had something to identify themselves as this, as, you know, they never had, some of them never even had success. Like, I can name one. I don't think the Charlotte Hornets have a statue for the NBA. I also don't think, um, let me think of another team, Indiana Pacers. I don't know why they wouldn't have one of Reggie Miller. They should definitely have one of Reggie Miller. But, like, not every franchise has somebody commemorate or somebody to, like, point as, like, and memorialize and you know what i'm saying just remember forever which that's crazy because actually they all do but they're like they don't know their identity they don't know who they are right so it's only when you know who you are your identity where you came from and you're with certainty and with and it's unmovable it's unwavering it's a solid foundation you can put your foot on and say yeah this is truth this is it so like obviously michael jordan is it for the chicago bulls there's nobody else it's michael jordan Right for the Los Angeles Lakers, it's Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal. Like these people is what made the franchise. Like nobody else comes close. You don't see Smush Parker, Kwame Brown. You guys don't even know who those people are. Derek Fisher, 
But you know the people I mentioned for sure. Everybody heard of Magic Johnson before. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like these people are such huge figures that you have to you have to commemorate them. You have to immortalize them. And not just that, they're going to be remembered forever, even when we're dead and gone. When it comes to the Los Angeles Lakers, like how long will they exist? And however long they exist, these athletes are going to be remembered forever. Their statue will mm-hmm. always be there. If something happened to their statue, they're just going to make another one. Same thing with mm-hmm. the Ten Commandments. Like the Ten Commandments, they're set in stone. Like that is so powerful. <laughs> I want to say more about that, Justin. I just can't think of anything. But like with the Ten Commandments, like, you know, thou shalt have no other gods before me. The first one, mm. you can bake anything on this. Like every single one of these commandments, like if you apply them into your life, like you're going to live a righteous and holy life. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like everyone breaks down to something. Like, let me just go <coughs> go here. I'm just going to make this bigger. I'm going to stay here for a second. <coughs> and Justin, man, you can jump in when you want. <coughs> but that's yeah, I'll jump in real fast. You have a drink of your tea. But yeah, it's like um, I liked how Sean was saying like it does take away like the um, responsibility of having to figure out or to choose what like what they were supposed to do. Like even nowadays, like we have so many options, like we celebrate our freedom a lot. And I don't get me wrong, like I love the freedom that we have, but like we have so many options now we're easily paralyzed by like not knowing what to do and like back during this time when they were building up their civilization they didn't know what to do either so the first four commandments i think are arguably the most important ones they are they are related in some way with man's relationship to god and that's how god wanted moses and his people to build their civilization was with a firm foundation in him to like put their trust in him um take away any uncertainty like that, I I like the original phrase it said in the book. Like it takes away the ambiguity of it, even though the Bible can be analyzed from to the moon and back. Like at least with the commandments, like you, it's what you see is what you get a lot of times. And the first four are related to God. The next six are related in some way to our relationships with other people or like uh with ourselves like the first like number five is like honor life father and mother um number six is thou shalt not kill and so forth it's like how do we conduct ourselves with other people like there are what were there 631 rules in the torah um that can that are up for interpretation they can be um done in different ways but like with the ten commandments like that was the spirit like that's very hard set roles mm-hmm. but something i like too and i i guess i'll name a con to like um having us interpreting it as just something set in stone is sometimes i guess we interpret we don't see the bible as like a living we don't see it as a living thing maybe we'll see the old testament or the Ten Commandments as just like, I've heard someone say, call it just like a set of don'ts, like things you're not not allowed to do. Mm-hmm. And I, that takes away, and I think that's, I think that interpretation is of course very dangerous because uh, when Jesus came to do his ministry, like he was saying, he was saying like, uh, like 
truly you have heard thou shalt not kill. But then he goes further into like, what is the spirit of that law? It's like if you've ever had anger on your brother or towards a person, then you've kind of murdered them in your mind. And like he was saying, don't be angry. Like don't hold a grudge or don't hold anger against someone else. So Jesus was representing like, yes, these are timeless instructions. And that's good. And I'm glad for like our viewers who have hopefully not murdered anybody. But it's like, you realize it goes even further than that. Like we need to live by the spirit of that. So that is like a pro and con of seeing the Old Testament or seeing the Ten Commandments in stone. It's like, it is, it is something that we need to follow. It is something timeless. But it's also something that's supposed to like live in us or like something that we can like analyze and uh, breathe life into. Yeah. I'm so happy you went there because that's all my slides pretty much. Like one of the points I had was we shouldn't overlook the other commandments in the Bible just because we have the Ten Commandments. Like, it's not just the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments is way deeper than just the Ten Commandments. Just like, going back to my analogy at the very beginning of the video, you know, Los Angeles Lakers history, you know, my favorite franchise in basketball, is deeper and more intense. And there's more to the story than just the statues around the arena. Right? Kobe and Shaq wouldn't be up there without Derek Fisher and Robert Horry hitting a few buzzer beaters in clutch moments when they weren't hitting anything mm -hmm. or when they were double teamed, right? Like Derek Fisher and Robert Horry honestly should be in a Hall of Fame because they're the best bench players ever. Well, Derek Fisher was a starter, but you guys get what I'm saying. Like, you don't know Derek Fisher like you know Kobe Bryant or Michael Jordan, even Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen's the best Robin ever, right? So there's more than just the Jerry West story or the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Elgin Bader, Shaquille O'Neal, Kobe Bryant story, right? There's more than just the Barry Sanders story for the Detroit Lions. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure they keep, yeah, I think his name Dan Campbell, the head coach right now for the Detroit Lions. They don't need to ever fire him. He is the face of the franchise. He will get his statue if they keep him because he's going to get a Super Bowl and he's going he gonna to do some things, right? But, like, that's what the author is saying. You know, you don't need to limit the Bible to only the Ten Commandments. Mm -hmm. And you must accept the whole Bible and not only parts. And that's the mm -hmm. flaw. A lot of people forsake the rest of the Bible because of the Ten Commandments. You know what I'm saying? Like they let everything be about the Ten Commandments when there's so much more to the story mm. than just the Ten Commandments. Like the Ten Commandments is a turnoff for a lot of people. Like even though when you go deep and you really think about it, Ten Commandments are powerful. Like without them, boy, we, we would be, the world would be filled with chaos and all that stuff, right? So I'm going to read some excerpts, unless, Justin, you got something you want to say, but... Um. Yeah, I will say something real fast, is like, yeah, and that's um that's a dangerous part of just seeing the Old Testament as the Ten Commandments, because I think that translates well to, like, seeing the stat, just seeing the statue at, uh, for uh, a person as well, like, uh, Shaquille O'Neal or like Michael Jordan and I think we said this before like or like even LeBron James I think we said it before like a lot of times when we immortalize the celebrities with statues like sometimes we forget that they are a more complex person like they do have their flaws like sometimes they will fail yeah. like that documentary and Michael Jordan was like it, it was an awesome documentary but you also saw like how competitive he got 
and how dangerous that could be sometimes. Mm -hmm. So at the, at the same time, you don't want to limit the Bible to just the Ten Commandments because that's very narrow-minded. You don't get the full lessons. You don't get the full impact if you only pay attention to the Ten Commandments. Like, that's only the foundation. That's not the whole thing. Yeah, yeah and then you can't make an idol. Like you just said, you can't make an idol out of that idol, like that image, you know, like even with the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments are powerful. Yeah, like it's the Ten Commandments. There's a reason why God himself wrote it in stone and gave it to Moses and the Israelites. Like, he, it'd be different if somebody else wrote it. No, he wrote it with thunder and lightning. Like, yeah. he really wrote it. And that was, this. it was set in stone. Like, it's a solid foundation, solid. It's something you can bank on. Mm. Like, if you do these things, you're living the right way. You can figure out your destiny. You're going to fulfill your purpose and obligation in this life. And it's going to benefit others. You see what I'm saying? So, like, it's just so much with the Ten Commandments that, uh, yeah, you if you don't go deeper, you're going to miss out on it, like the author said. Yeah. So here's what she said on page 12. Uh, so, again, the book is The Old Testament for a Complex World by Cameron B.R. Howard. She reads, you know, she says, inscribing the commandments on stone necessarily as search one interpretive tradition over the other even as it obscures the ambiguity present within the biblical text itself. So I'm going to stay at the top first. So in inscribing the Ten Commandments on stone necessarily asserts one interpretive tradition over the other. So just with the Ten Commandments, you know, that's how no other guys performing. Let's start with that one. That one's good to put first, right? That shall not steal, right? That shall not covet. That shall not bear false witness. Like, Okay, those are those. But what about love your neighbor? Well, that is one of them. <laughs> what about love your enemy? Mm. Like you love yourself, right? What about, uh, th let's, let's think of some more commandments, Justin. <laughs> like, that's not the Ten Commandments. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that's not uh, do anything to your uh, neighbor's ox ass. Anything that's your neighbors, like don't do anything to it. Yeah. I, think, I don't think that's. Really I think there was some. Yeah, I think there was like um, what was it? Like, you shouldn't touch, you shouldn't touch anyone who has been bleeding recently, or whatever. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you would be proclaimed unclean. Yeah, or touching a dead body. Oh yeah, yeah, corpse. dead body. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. So like those other commandments, right? The other things that are important, right? And a lot of times we put. But we tend to do that anyways. We tend to put scripture verses, you know, some scripture verses mean more to me than other ones, right? Mm. Some scripture verses I pay more attention to than other ones. But then there's some people, some people think like this is law. So some people take, oh, yeah. I know one guy, he thinks only the Old Testament is relevant. So he forsakes anything New Testament, oh, right. anything with Jesus, right? So like, yeah, that's going to you know like that's that's really picking and choosing scripture. The scripture is not a buffet. You don't get to pick and choose what you want. You got to accept all of it. And that's literally what the author's saying. Like the Ten Commandments obscures the ambiguity ambiguity of scripture itself, right? Like you can't just base all your life on the Ten Commandments. Like it's that's the surface level. That's the ocean front. It's, it's way more to the story. And way more we have to follow and do than just that, mm. right? And she talks about how you you miss out on receiving a revelation from God and getting closer to God, you know, if you if you uh, you know 
forsake everything else in the Bible, right? I'm gonna wait to get there, but she says also, even <coughs> as it obscures the ambiguity present within the biblical text itself. So just in case somebody don't know what obscure means, it means to make dark, dim, or it means to conceal or hide by covering something. So like, you know, using an example, the lampshade, you know, hiding the lampshade in a way where it hides the light, right? Or putting a, like Jesus said, putting a lamp underneath a bed. That's not what the function's for. That's what sometimes that could be what the Ten Commandments is doing. Like, you know, like it's putting the lamp underneath the bed when it should be, you know, in a position where it can light up the whole room mm -hmm. and light up enough of the room for everybody to see. Like, that's what the author is saying. With the Ten Commandments, it can seem like it's doing that. Even like with the statues that we created, like Kobe Bryant, Shaquille O'Neal, Michael Jordan, all them, like it's more <laughs> to the story than just that. Uh, those individuals who played for that franchise, they kind of go with what Jerry Cross said. Everybody who everybody booed his wife <laughs> a few days ago, and she ended up crying. Yeah. And a lot of sports people said that was messed up. Like, why would the Chicago Bulls do that? Mm. So that poor woman, like, she's by herself. Jay Cross died, like, four years ago, and they booed her. Well, they were booing him. But, yeah. But anyways, that's poor a bad fans. look. Like, poor it, fans can seem pretty religious, too, sometimes. That's crazy. Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like, he, Jay Cross, the Bulls wouldn't have had success without Jay Cross. Right? They wouldn't have had those six rings. Michael Jordan wouldn't even have. The teams he'd been on, you know, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Steve Kerr. Uh, <coughs> there's a lot of people that play with Michael Jordan. John, John Sally. Like, we wouldn't <coughs> – without them, without Jerry Cross, they wouldn't have had all that talent around Michael Jordan, mm -hmm. and they wouldn't have had six rings. And they actually had the record of 72 wins, 10 losses, before the Golden State Warriors in, like, 2017 when they got, like, 73 wins and nine losses. But they didn't win a championship like the Bulls did, right? So, um, yeah. So Jerry Cross he said that um, championships aren't won by players alone; it's won by organizations, mm. which that's a valid point. That is. So a lot of people say, you know, without Michael Jordan, the Bulls would be nothing. You know, Michael Jordan was it. Like he didn't do it without Scottie Pippen. He didn't do it without Jerry Cross. He didn't do it without Dennis Rodman. He needed everybody. It takes a team to win championships. You look at any championship team in any sport, it's a complete unit that won. It's not one player. If that was the case, Allen Iverson would have beat Kobe and Shaq. Kobe and Shaq, like I just said, in 2000 and 2000, 2000, 2001. That didn't happen because it takes a team. One man can't win the championship by himself. Barry Sanders was the only thing good for the Detroit Lions when he played. This is why he retired early, mm. because he couldn't take carrying the load all by himself. Calvin Johnson, same thing, receiver for the Detroit Lions. I wish he would have played for the Patriots, but he was under contract, and the Lions were definitely not going to get rid of Megatron. That's his nickname, Megatron, because he's huge. He's like 6'5", a 6'5 receiver that runs 4'3", huge and fast. Megatron, like <laughs> he's a beast. So like, <laughs> like these guys, man, they couldn't. They figured out they couldn't <laughs> do it by themselves. So made them retire early. You can't win by yourself. So same thing. Going back to this, like, you know, Ten Commandments. You're gonna lose if you just base all your life on Ten Commandments. Like, 
There's way more to the Bible than just the Ten Commandments. There's way more to God than just the Ten Commandments. There's way more to Christian living than just the Ten Commandments. There's way more to the story of being Christian, being a child of God, than just the Ten Commandments. Can I get an amen, man? Because there's so much ambiguity in Scripture itself. So what's the, does ambiguity mean? <coughs> Take it. Ambiguity is the type of meaning in which a phrase, statement, <coughs> or a resolution is not explicitly defined, making several interpretations, uh-huh. right? <laughs> a concept has no real reference. Uncertainty. Ambi- ambiguity. Now, I'm going to ask everybody a question. Is there ambiguity in the scriptures, in the Bible, where there's no real reference? It's a concept with no real reference. There's some uncertainty with that topic. And, you know, the meaning in which phrase, statement, or resolution is not explicitly defined, making for several interpretations. So is there several interpretations that can be made with one scripture verse, with one Bible story? Is there some uncertainty there? Yes, there's a lot. Like, you know, there's a lot of uh, contradictions, you know, ambiguities, uncertainties. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if you don't think there's any uncertainties, Justin, we should totally name some right now. Uh, like, like what will heaven completely be like? Because all we got is Revelations 21, 22. I mean, that's not all we got. There's other scripture verses about heaven, too. But, like, we don't know everything that there will be for all eternity in heaven. Yeah. We don't know really how it's going to uh, operate and be. Like, we have ideas yeah. based on scripture verses. We don't know it like we know our name, like we know right. our reality. You know what I'm saying? So really? um, that, yeah, we don't know everything about like the angels or the spiritual warfare that's going on. There's only like a cup, a handful of verses that actually talk about angels and like one of the prophets unlifting the veil um, to see like all the angels that are around. Like we don't know much about it, but somehow I don't know. People write books on angelology or demonology or yeah. like i don't know where they're getting this information from either they're pulling a lot of information from like a handful of verses it seems like yeah. so yeah it's there's a lot of things we don't know about but we'll still like argue we'll die on that hill arguing mm-hmm. yeah and like you're it's, honestly you're not meant to know it like even like with jesus's why isn't uh, more written about jesus's early life mm. We don't know a lot about his early yeah. life. We only know like that the might have just not been important. Yeah, we don't yeah. know. And, but like that's the whole point. Like there's so much ambiguity, but God can still be seen in the ambiguity. Like people think that's like a bad thing, like to be uncertain about things or not to have the complete proof or to be able to prove everything or something like that. But like she said right here, you know, even as it obscures, so hides the uncertainties present within the biblical text itself. So this is what the Ten Commandments kind of does. Like it hides the uncertainties present within the biblical text itself. Because where that text is mentioned, you know, the Ten Commandments, where they're, <laughs> they're not just mentioned in here in, in the stone. That's not the only time the Ten Commandments is mentioned. The Ten Commandments, each, each one is mentioned in a certain story. It's mentioned, it's mentioned over and over again throughout the whole entire bible like you know what i'm saying like it's not just here it's not just on a stone right it's literally from these were made from how people were living how they were operating 
and what God wanted them to do. Like, you know what I mean? Like, these are just the basics of Christianity. That's it. It's the Decalogue. That's all it is, right? So, uh, <laughs> but like I said, there's way more to the story than just yeah. every single commandment that we have, right? So we have to dig deeper and find that truth. Otherwise, we're going to miss, you know, being who God created us to be and operating how he really wants us to operate. If we mm -hmm. just base our whole being on Ten Commandments, and some people do that actually, like that's great. Like example, let's use an analogy. Like, what does a life look like if all you do is focus on the Ten Commandments and that's it? People did that in Jesus' time period. G G people would ask Jesus, like, you know, uh, how do I get to heaven? You know, he said, you know, follow the Ten Commandments. They said, I do that already. <laughs> a lot of people say that. Like, they look at the Ten Commandments and say, Nah, oh, yeah. I do that. I'm going to heaven. I don't yeah. even read the Bible. Yes. <laughs> what about being born again? What about having Jesus as your Lord and Savior? There's so many whatabouts. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a lot more to the story. That's the whole point. Like, the Detroit Lions is more than Barry Sanders. You also have Matthew Stafford. He's probably going to have a statue. You also have Calvin Johnson. Probably going to have a statue. That's it, because the Lions suck. There's nobody else in Lion history that would get a statue. You know what I'm saying? But like you see what I'm saying? Like there's way more to the story than just these certain people that uh, have statues for these organizations, these franchises. Like there's way more people that poured in their blood, sweat, and tears, poured in time, poured in their lives to these organizations for these people to be commemorated. Yeah. There's more Kobe Bryant didn't get there alone. That's the whole point. Shaquille O'Neal didn't get there alone. Like these people are immortalized, and we make them into the whole story into everything when there's way more at work to get these guys here, right? Even before they even got to the franchises. Like, Kobe Bryant went to Lord Marion High School. Who was his coach for Lord Marion High School? Who gave him an opportunity at Lord Marion High School? Not only that, Kobe used to, his dad played in the NBA. He played for the 76ers back in the 70s, I think 80s too. But uh, his dad played in the NBA, right? And he also played in Italy. So Kobe lived in Italy, and then he also, you know, got to live in philadelphia for a time and his dad you know played for the philadelphia San Francisco. so kobe got to play long story short with professional athletes so when he was 13 he was doing all the nba players in so they knew oh man your son got something he's gonna be somebody man. he's gonna make a pro for sure so kobe was getting ready right for the pros playing he had an advantage playing against nba players at 13. who gets to do that right and work on his game, ask some questions and stuff like that. So, like, these people help Kobe to make Kobe to who he is today. Each person, right? Like, you, you don't encounter people for nothing, right? And so that's the whole point. Like, you can't just base everything. Yeah, the, the Bible <coughs> being memorialized. It's been memorialized by just more than the Ten Commandments, right? So don't limit the Bible to only the Ten Commandments. So that's one of the excerpts from the book. Justin, you got anything or you want me to go ahead? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I did have one more thing. Um, I'm blanking on it right now. You'll give me a moment. But what was I going to say? Ah, shoot. Something you said earlier made me think of something to say. I know I have it. But yeah, I think it is, uh, it is very important to like know that uh, like just oh related to what you're saying about like a lot of people say yeah i follow the ten commandments and they think they'll go to heaven 
Like I, I was reading one time, like um, this survey was asking people if they believe that they'll go to heaven or if they'll go to like the good place after they die. And like a majority of people said yes. And then a follow-up question was like, why? And they said, because I'm a good person. And like, that's such, it, there, like there is no way everyone would agree on what a good person actually is. Like everyone would have like different views. It's like the most ambiguous answer you could get. It's like, I'm just a good person. There's like, by world standards, there's no set role or like criteria of what makes a good person. So related to that, like the Ten Commandments, just uh, like every culture, like take a look at the last six of them at least, like honor thy father and mother, don't steal, don't covet, don't lie. Um, like all, every culture, every tribe, every civilization that is has survived does like uh, require those things. Those are our foundations for um, how we build up a civilization. Civilizations that did not follow those criteria, for example, like the Mayans or the Spartans, they, they're, they were unsustainable, so they died out. So like every culture has found that these roles um, were true, like tried and true, and it's like what makes a strong foundation. So the fact that God delivered them just shows like how important these are for like every culture or like building a foundation. And it's like, as it's set in stone to use the proper phrase for it. So we can't just say, we can't be ambiguous about this stuff. We can't say, oh, it's fine as long as I'm a good person. Like we, we can't go through life being so wishy-washy. We need to be very intentional. Like, I feel like that's, um, I feel like that's finally making the rounds in our civilization is being intentional with our time. Because now that there are so many distractions, we found the pitfalls and the dangers of like being distracted by social media or YouTube or like wasting time on things that don't matter. So we want to like be productive and want to be intentional with our time. So we, so if we're trying to be intentional with our time and our money um, and how we spend time with people, like why wouldn't we be intentional on our character and our values and things that have stood the test of time? Yeah, but you just mentioning about like um, going to heaven and stuff like that made me think about it because I do think most people just think they're doing good enough. But like, why settle for good enough? Right, and that's the whole point. That's what God wants from us, man. God wants way more than just like ten percent, twenty percent. Like He wants all of us. Like in the Ten Commandments, man, that's the basics. Like that's just an introduction. Like that's like your the ABCs. You got the ABCs, but then you got words. Like it's not just the letter A. A does a lot of things. You got Apple. You got Sean like A incorporated in Sean. There's ways to pr pronounce A in a certain way, depending on the word. Recap. It's not pronounced the same way with everything. Sean. <laughs> but you see what I'm saying? Like, there's so much more to learn. Like, how to use the letter A, when it should it be capitalized. There's a lot. That's just with A. We even talked about exclamation points, attributes. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a lot, man. So, like, yeah. <laughs> the same thing with the Ten Commandments, man. It's just the ABCs, man. Like, and I'm going to go to this page, too. So Karen B.R. Howard said in the book, you know, the Old Testament for a Complex World, she says, 
even all the singular language we use to talk about the Bible, you know, the Bible, the word, singular of God, scripture as a singular, if as also collective noun, can direct our attention away from the remarkable diversities of texts, values, possibilities, and proposals contained within it. So that basically says what we just said. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I titled this one, you know, we must accept the whole Bible, not only parts. So that is not to say that these ways of describing the Bible are inaccurate, inaccurate or ill-advised. On the contrary, reading the Bible in the its <coughs> canonical wholeness is a key part of, let me fix that, of Christian interpretive tradition. Nevertheless, the language shapes and reinforces how we think, right? So what was I going to say? Because that basically just, you know, <laughs> elaborates on everything we've been saying. Uh-huh. All right, so this part right here. All right, so this is still page 13. I titled this one, you know, the risk of only accepting uh-huh. parts of the Bible, right? So the more we can emphasize the singularity of the Bible without acknowledging and affirming the most multiplicity within it, mm, this, is, this is powerful, the more we risk overlooking the elements of scriptures that can broaden and deepen our knowledge of God. So that's what I was trying to say earlier, right? I'm going to read it again. The more we can emphasize the singularity of the Bible without acknowledging and affirming the multiplicity. So the ambiguities, the uncertainties, the unknowns, like without going there, right? Mm. Without acknowledging it and affirming it and realizing that it's there. So what's some you know, uncertainties, some uh, multiplicity, some, some stuff that's like gray areas. Right, that's not really mentioned in the Bible, but it could be implied, it could be there if you just take it there. For example, transgenders. All right, I'm gonna go there, right? So with transgenders, people say that's not in the Bible, right? No, it is. It's in a lot of places, actually. So first Corinthians eleven, me and Justin, I got a video coming with that one real soon. I've been dying to do that one. So first Corinthians eleven talked about how you know men should have their hair a certain way, women should have their hair a certain way. Oh, yeah, I remember. that's an old-fashioned way to look at things in the day's time period. But in that culture, it said a lot because basically it's saying the application for today is you need to be who God created you to be. You got to love who God created you to Mm. be. If you have a problem with how God created you to be, God ain't the problem. You're the problem. Right. Like just you have to figure out why you're thinking this way. You know, I understand some people think that they're born a certain way. Mm. But again, there's gray areas, like there's multiplicity, there's uncertainties. Mm. You have to figure out why did God make me this way? You know, what does God want me to do? Like, yeah. how should I be? Yeah. Basically, First Corinthians 11 is saying, I got to own who God made me to be. I got to accept mm. who he created me to be. I, If I go outside of that, it's going to cause other people to stumble. Mm. Other people ain't going to see God by how I'm acting because, for example, like with a woman, when she didn't... When she didn't have her hair like a woman, right? It said to other people, it's telling other people that you know you're not submissive. You 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 don't you don't respect authority. Like you know, your covering is not God or the household, like the the man of the household. You know what I'm saying? Justin, you're gonna say something, man. I'm sorry, can you go? No, you're good. Yeah, and like um transgenderism and like other things like that as well. And I don't wanna like I don't wanna judge people without actually knowing them, but that is like a realm where you're trying to take on what you think is best for yourself. 
Um, and it's a uh, like like Sean was saying, like once you step out of God's realm, once you start stepping into your own realm, suddenly you have like no foundation. You have no criteria or like laws to follow. And as um, Jurassic Park put it very well, we spend all our time thinking about what we can do. We don't ask ourselves if we should do it. And like, and Philippians gives us the very good answer of like, just because we can do it doesn't mean we should because not everything is good for us like we may be spending so much time coming up with our own roles or changing genders or like changing the roles or changing the paths that god does not have for us we waste so much time not following things that are productive for us or like um following the path or like following the great things that god has for us like we're we spend so much time trying to reinvent the roles it's it's exhausting right and like, I want to say some more like uncertainty, some multiplicity. So like I said it before, like we don't talk about how many daughters Jacob had, for example. Like, did you guys know Jacob in the Bible? Jacob and Esau. Jacob had daughters. We only talk about the 12 tribes of Israel, you know, Jacob. And there's men, there's sons. We don't ever talk about his daughters. We don't ever talk about uh, Solomon's daughters either. Yeah. Like, well, David's daughters too. Yeah, but like, too. yeah, David had Tamar, who was right, but that's the only one I was mm. mentioned. Name another one of David's daughters. We only, yeah, we one. only talked about her because of her relationship with one of her brothers, right? And that's the only reason why. Like, and then even then, after that, you don't hear anything else. Like, you don't know how Tamar's life turned out after she was raped, and David couldn't give her away to another king to make an alliance, his alliance and his kingdom stronger. You know, where Israel have another tie with another nation. Because she wasn't a virgin, she's unacceptable now. Because that's what a woman's worth was was in their virginity and staying clean. So now that she was raped, he just threw her to the side. So like after that, all you hear is the brother naming his daughter after his sister Tamar, like keeping her legacy alive, so that whatever blessings come his daughter's way is going towards Tamar. So you could tell Tamar probably had a, you know, took care of the daughter, stayed underneath her her brother. And just like loved on the, you know, you get what I'm saying, loved on them. But that's her story. Like, but you don't you don't know. There's uncertainty with it. Like, what why didn't David go talk to why didn't David, you know, do all this stuff? It, it just ignores it. That says a lot about David, you know what I'm saying? Like, why mm. why is it there? So like just <laughs> so that's missing a point about David. Like we praise David for Goliath, you know, for wanting to make the new temple. And we're at least making preparations for his son to be able to do it, mm. right? But there's so many bad things about David we don't acknowledge. Like, we just ignore. We we obscure it and hide from it without acknowledging it. Like, he's flawed, man. Like, some people say, a lot of, uh, one, a misconception a lot of Christians say is, like, you know, you got to be perfect to make it to heaven. Mm. You can't. You got to be without sin. Like, if you sin, you're going to hell. Like, What? You don't see how flawed David and Solomon was, oh, like yeah. just with them two and Jacob. They all were flawed and made mistakes, man. And they made it constantly, even the disciples. Like, I mean, th that's really something that with the disciples, even when they got the Holy Spirit, David, I mean, uh, Peter and Paul were in disagreements. Like, should the Gentiles, should we even preach to the Gentiles the Jewish message? Is the message is the gospel for the Jews only or for the Gentiles? 
Paul was saying it's for everybody. Peter was saying it's just for the Jews. Like it was an argument. And then like over time, Peter was like, okay, yeah, it's for everybody. But like, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Everybody had stuff they had to work on. Whatever the thorn was in Paul's side, we don't know what it is. But apparently he struggled with some type of sin or something. Mm. Right? Who knows? So he wasn't perfect either. We all know Paul wasn't perfect. Like, I mean, but do we really know that? Everybody think he's perfect. So yeah, like, because there's so many ambiguities. We don't know what the thorn in his side was. Man, he could have been gay. Who knows? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I'm just throwing it stuff out there. But you see what I'm saying? Like, uh, going back to this right here, just so powerful. Like, the more we can emphasize the singularity of the Bible without acknowledging and affirming the multiplicities within it, man, multiplicity means a lot of things. Yeah. The more we risk overlooking the elements of scripture that can broaden and deepen our knowledge of God. Like, guys, if we just take it there, I just took it there. What if Paul struggled? <laughs> You know, we're being gay. That says a lot about him. He said, I buffed my body. I beat it into submission to do what God called me to do. Not what I want to do. That's Paul's story. What was the thorn in his side? Mm. Was it his hip or something? Did his back go out of place? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> all the shipwrecks and stuff and all the beatings he took. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, I know he struggled physically for sure. Like, I think he was kind of partially blind too. Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of like known a little bit, but it's Again, multiplicities, uncertainties, ambiguities. So, like, he struggled. He even said he struggled. I think it was first, second Corinthians. Like, he struggled a lot more than anybody else, probably, right? But he still did what God called him to do. He still came up and fought the good fight of faith. Like he said, I fought the good fight of faith. I ran the course of my race. Now you got to run yours. Now you got to fight. So, this deepens our knowledge of God. It deepens how deep the Christian life goes. It's all sunshine and roses and going great for you and all blessings and favor. No, it's going to be some struggles. It's going to be some hard times. You're going to mess up. You're going to F up. You're going to mm. be jacked up. You're going to hurt some people. These are the disciples. These are the children of God. This is a knowledge of God. <laughs> it broadens your horizon to just mm -hmm. the little perfect stories we hear in the Bible. You see what I'm saying? So, um, <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's all I got to say. Justin, you got anything else, man? No, I think that's about all I have, too. Yeah. Yeah, last part, too, because we kind of read it quick. I'm going to say it anyway. So the biblical law itself also contains far more than just the Decalogue. So far more than just the Ten Commandments. That's the Decalogue, by the way. So <coughs> rabbinic tradition holds that there are 613 commandments in the Torah, not just 10. That That's a lot, guys. 613 yeah. compared to 10, that's a lot. Really just, yeah. It really just shows like how because like people in biblical times, I guess I just argued not clumping the whole Old Testament into one time period. But yeah, people during the Old Testament really worked hard to follow a lot of the roles as well, like all oh, 613. Um which is it's good that they were aware of that because like a lot of those um I think Sean and I were mentioning like some hygienic ones some of them were more geared to like spiritual ones um but it's like it it were it was just ways like people could try to live their best life like they didn't have the science that we had now so they didn't know like the best foods to eat or best foods to avoid or like how do we keep from getting sickness so a lot of these roles were just to like take care of god's people 
Um, so nowadays, like we don't need those rules as much because we have the science behind that. But the amazing part, it's important not to forget those as well, because all those the although the Ten Commandments are like they're here to stay, like we'll always be following those. Like remembering the other rules also allows us to remember like what are the intentions that God had for us as well. It's like when Jesus came, like he he gave he was the only one who was able to give like the spiritual interpretation of them because they were made by God. So he had a direct connection to God, but like the other roles just show that we need to also learn to take care of ourselves on a physical, emotional, and like spiritual level as well. So it is important to remember like life is more than just those 10 commandments. Yeah. I just changed the title of the video, you know, the cons of the Bible being memorialized. <laughs> So that's pretty uh, much the but, video. But immortalized or immortalized? The cons of the Bible being memorialized. Oh, memorialized. That's good. Okay. Yeah. That's why I should have tied the video, guys. But you don't know until after you do a video sometimes, like what the best mm. title is. So if I ever do yeah. it again, yeah. But anyways, guys, that's the video, man. You good, Justin? You said everything. Yeah, I think I am. I like the some comments uh, Cal gave. Oh. Um, he said today's world, <laughs> it's easy for people to pull away from the commandments and God Himself. They let temptation, greed, etc., fill their minds and they praise false idols. And I want to elaborate on that too, like just with the uh you know, with the different franchises having st statues and memorializing certain athletes, like, you know, these are false gods. Let's call it like it is, like you make a statue of anything. What does the Bible say? <laughs> I think that's what in the Decalogue, don't make any statue. Any graven image? Yeah, no. that's the second commandment. Look in the Decalogue. I'm making yeah. it says, "Thou shalt not make unto thee any image, any graven image, any graven image, guys." That mean, and we talked about that before. Me and Justin actually did a video. That's so long ago. It was like one of our first videos, but we talked about how, like, uh, yeah, like when you make an image of something, any kind of image, you're making it into a god. And you're 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 puffing it up and making it bigger than what it really is. Uh, yeah. When it's just it's just a man, or it's just an image of wood. Yeah, remember that, yeah. And people worship it. So there's mm. people that worship like in India. They have all these different guys that make an image of it and they worship it and stuff. But even Americans, you know, we're not we're not we're not far away removed from it. With Michael Jordan, do we do we idolize and praise and like? Puff up Michael Jordan. Heck yeah, we do. He the goat. He the greatest. He the standard. <laughs> Nobody else is. Nobody else can come close. No. No. LeBron James, too. He about to really get these statues. He about to get three. For the <laughs> Lakers, for the Heat, and for the Cavs. Let's see, man. Everybody going to be praising it. You guys get what I'm saying, man. I'm not going to talk Yeah. About it's really, yeah. Very easy, too. Yeah. What you guys get? Let me end the video. But yeah, but these are false idols, man. Like the same thing with the Ten Commandments. Like they're not false idols. That's a bad way of saying it. Just it's more to the story, and you get fooled if you just focus on those and make it all about those. Uh, it's way more to God than just that. It's way more to Christian living than just that, right? Yeah. So don't miss out on God. That's the whole point of the video, man. The cons yeah. of being of the Bible being memorialized. The cons of the Bible having the Ten Commandments. The cons of the Bible of the Bible having and limiting 
the whole entire Bible to just 10 things mm-hmm. and having a problem with it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's way more to it. Then also, a uh, cow, he said, you know, <coughs> Kraus' wife getting booed all because of NJ's situation. So because of the last dance, okay. that's why everybody booed Jerry Kraus. Like, they weren't even booing his wife. It's just his wife was, he's dead. He can't come. So his wife came in his place. And be- it'd be different. I call, almost called you Bay Justin, because I'm just call, talking to my oh. <laughs> but like um and i was talking about wife and stuff but anyway like yeah, yeah. Krause's wife you know uh she was at the game in his place so he's dead right been dead for like four years or something and yeah. so the fans booed they weren't booing her but they were booing him and then the bulls are stupid why would y'all put the camera on jerry cross's wife in that moment and then it'd be different. They put it on her and then went off, went away. No, Justin, they put it on her and kept it on her for like 20 minutes. It wasn't 20 minutes, but it was too long. You ain't do that with nobody else. Man, and so she's crying, man. And uh, got- uh, what? Man, something, something's wrong with people sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, he said, but without Cross, there wouldn't be the dynasty of the Bulls, right? Mm. So everybody puffing up Michael Jordan. Yes, Michael Jordan. I, I understand. Yeah, he is great. Yeah, but like the water boy, the trainers, the security guards definitely security guards. We saw that on last dance. Like, there's so many more people that contributed to getting Michael Jordan to where he was, right? And helping out. So, yeah, guys, you you agree. <coughs> I can't see that last comment. Don't call yeah, me. Look, meets, I mean, yeah, yeah. Clean and unclean. Oh, uh, I think he's talking about. Do we follow the ro- rules of like clean and unclean meat? Oh, I try to sometimes. Yeah, that is. But nice. like, I'm on a. I'm actually on the Daniel fast right now. I do that at, at the beginning of every year just to kind of uh, reset my body every so often. So I'll like I'll avoid. I'll I'll avoid all meats and bread and like processed stuff for like three weeks. So I'll do that every so often. But really, it's like um, I also have a wife to take care of, though. So it's like whatever, whatever we're wanting as well. So I don't follow it as closely as I usually do. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna do a video on that. There's a lot to talk about. But my goal is to eat just vegetables and fruit. So it is interesting too. And I hope Nick is still on here. The guy who made the comment. It is interesting because now that we have the science uh, behind it, we actually see that the clean and unclean meats are scientifically backed up. It's like, yeah, these meats are actually bad for us. These like uh, fish, fish and fowls are probably the cleanest protein meats that we can eat. So there's a lot of truth to like the clean and unclean mm-hmm. food as well. But later in the Bible, of course, it says we shouldn't judge people on if they do or don't because it's a personal conviction at that point but we do have to recognize god made these rules because he cared for the health of people back then and they had no way to know what was good or bad for them yet man you just man why you always do that man you always kill it like and you, you tie in everything like oh nonchalantly too like remember earlier in the video i said it's just stuff i think about on the road i used to drive a lot uh, or thinking on the motorcycle yeah, this like things I think about, like the very beginning of the video. Sometime there, <laughs> we we're trying to call out like the ambiguities, like the contradictions in the Bible. And you just get oh, yeah. 
So one contradiction is like in the Old Testament, it said like, stay away from meats. Don't eat meats. Oh yeah. But more specifically, the false idols. Like that was in the, that was in another place, right? Don't eat meats. Right. That's from the false idols and from their right. stuff. But then you got Paul in First Corinthians in another part, right? So three different parts, but more than three, right? Mm. So Paul in First Corinthians from our studies, we did Bible studies on it. Me and Justin and my fiance Maya. Uh, Paul said, you know, you can eat the meats as <laughs> food. God made everything. What's mm. food to the, what's the idol to God? Nothing, right? So like. He said, what's the significance of an idol to you? Nothing. Like, you know, we worship God. So and it's just food. Eat it. Like, if you want to eat it. That was that was said because, like, uh, Peter was stumped. Like, he was stumbling and causing other people to stumble because mm. he was categorizing people who ate unclean meats as also unclean. Damn. So God wasn't having any of that. Like, obviously, following the clean and unclean meats are good for our health. Right. But if using it to like put yourself on a podium that's bad spiritually right yeah and that's that that's the whole point that's another part right so that's the whole point of this video like you got a commandment right there's 613 commandments in the bible in the torah that's what it says right we we we, we memorialize 10 of them right but there's so many other places in the bible that covers that same commandment whatever mm -hmm. that commandment is and it gives different opinions contradictions whatever you want to call it like more insight more revelation that's what i'll call it and so you have to do what god called you to do with that right mm -hmm. that's the whole point you have to do what god called you to do not with anybody else so yeah man he asking questions we ain't i'm not answering no more like that's for another video nick dm us on our, our facebook page can you write that down for me justin because it's not going to show after the video oh yeah uh, like, hold on yeah yeah i'll uh screenshot that one all right, cool. Yeah, right. I'm going to just say it, too. What about eating everything in the meat market? I'll follow the clean and unclean, and I like that. It's healthy. Yeah, we're going to do a whole video on that. But same yeah. thing, man. Like, But honestly, try to eat clean stuff. Like, don't eat. If, it, yeah. if you can, don't eat meat at all. Like, because that's what's killing everybody getting no cancer. That's, that's, that's there cool. are some. Yeah, there are. Uh, it's interesting. Gosh, I'm sorry. This feels like a whole nother. Yeah video but yeah it's interesting because they've actually done studies that show what cities are the longest lasting and like of course you have like japan like a, a harbor town in japan where they eat mostly seafood like fish is the best fish and chicken are probably the best meat red meats are what's killing us greece had like all these fresh fresh fruits um stuff from the vine uh goat cheese like fresh goat cheese and then there's like this random town in west united states and it's full of seventh day adventists and they found out they strictly follow a biblical diet so they'll eat like lentils and beans and grains and veggies and they only eat meat for like celebrations and stuff so i'm not going to give up meat because i do love meat but it does show that there are so many other sources to get your protein. You have to work really hard to get your proper nutrients without meat, but it is very doable. And the problem is like meat, even though it does have like red, I guess I should say red meat, even though red meat has like a lot of good source of protein. And it also has like a, it comes with a lot of other junk as well, which is really hard for your body to process. But again, that's a whole nother video. 
Yeah. I hope more people like Nick, Nick Titus comes on our streams. Like, I already oh. see it. Like, more people going to come and they'll ask questions. So then we can just do a stream of them mm. just asking questions and we answer it. Like, oh, that would be cool. I, yeah, I've seen, yeah, I've seen live streams like that. That would be pretty cool. So I know we'll get to that point, but it's going to take some time because, you know, guys, me and Justin, we, we work a nine to five, man. We got to, we're trying to survive, man. Like, when, when we get to full time, man, I can't wait, but it's, it's, we're going to get there. But anyways, guys, thanks for tuning in. You guys know the drill. <laughs> Best social media pages ever. Go support them. Go like every one of my photos on Instagram so Instagram can stop shadow banning me. And screwing with my life and my numbers, man. Please. All right. So Instagram's trouble don't last. My other Instagram page, my underscore daily underscore Bible. Sean Christopher Jenkins, LinkedIn. Uh, that's, yeah, that's my LinkedIn and Facebook. All right. Uh, TikTok, Threads, X, Snapchat. It's also trouble don't last. YouTube, podcast, couple of past crossroads. And then Tumblr, trouble don't last number one. All right. So Justin's YouTube channels, Chaplin's log. So make sure to go to our YouTube channels, Upload Past Crossroads, and Chaplin's Logs. Subscribe to it. After you subscribe, click the bell so you're notified anytime we upload another video. And then make sure to like, comment, and share on all our videos. You do those things. You really help our pages grow. Then we can get to the point where we're having a lot of fun on our streams. You can ask whatever you want, and we'll just go ahead and do them. Then also, you can DM us. DM us on our Facebook page. So Justin Lee House, Justin's Facebook page, mine's Shockers for Jenkins. DM us if you got any questions. We'll do videos on specifically the questions that you ask. Those videos are really lit when me and Justin do that. Because like I said, on my YouTube channel, Open Pass Crossroads, I got a lot of playlists. I'm very organized and stuff. One of my favorite playlists is questions from social media that me and Justin have done a lot of videos on, just answering people's questions from social media. So actually, Nick, when you DM us some of your questions, we can do more videos on it specifically. Yeah, because awesome. yeah, you ask really good questions, actually. All right. Yeah. And then also, um, yeah, if you enjoyed the book, The Old Testament for a Complex World by Cameron B.R. Howard, Check out this playlist on my YouTube channel to watch even more uh, videos of me and Justin breaking that down. And then also books breakdowns, me and Justin doing a lot more book reviews and book breakdowns of the books I'm reading in seminary or just Christian books or books in general. So if you enjoyed us doing that, check out that playlist. It gets deep just talking about books. So anything seminary related, so anything I'm learning in seminary school, I'm doing videos on it, or any, just talking about my experience and stuff. So check out that playlist on my YouTube channel. Yeah, so that's it, guys. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. You guys rock. And uh, y'all pray for my cough, man. I don't know why I'm coughing. I don't. It did come out of nowhere. You were doing fine the first three quarters of the first video. Right. Then just started coming, man. Like, it's like I got the cough, like that people smoke weed. <laughs> then you cough. That's what it is. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not that. Right. Well, I mean, it's not for smoking weed. I don't smoke weed. Oh, yeah. I eat gummies. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. We'll talk to you later. That's too much information. You guys have a good weekend, man. Thank you. Yeah, so that was the video, guys. We'll talk to you guys later. God bless you. Kick butt. <coughs> Make sure to keep on tuning in. Watch all our videos. We got a lot of videos on my YouTube channel. In two weeks, you got to see you guys again next week. Two videos coming every week. All right. We'll talk to you guys later. Happy Peace. New Year, by the way.